Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Utah's source for exclusive access and insights behind the news. Here's the opinion page editor of the Deseret News, Boyd Matheson, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM at 1160 AM. Welcome back, everyone, to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. And as we've been talking about today, we are rolling into the General Conference Weekend of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, 190th semi annual conference of the church. And thought it'd be a good time to bring in our friend Sarah Jane Weaver, who is the editor of the Church News. Sarah, thanks for joining us. I'm glad to be here, Boyd. Uh, you, you hit an important milestone uh, this year in, the, in that you have covered 50 general conferences as uh, part of the church news team. Uh, just give us a little historical perspective in terms of general conference of the church. Yes, so April was my 50th consecutive general conference as, as a reporter for the church news. So you're going to get um, a little Cal Ripken uh, in there. You have not missed a general conference no, I, in 25 years. I, I did want to that's add a, that in. That's impressive. Um, and, and, you know, general conference has changed a lot in, in the 190-year history. Um, it started with 27 members in Fayette, New York in 1830. And uh, this is this is something I love to think about when I think about general conference. But the first actual physical report of conference was was p- printed in the Deseret News on April sixth, eighteen fifty. Wow! Um, you know, uh, by eighteen ninety eight, we the uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints started holding a women's session of conference. It was the first time that the Relief Society had been part of that, and. Um, and then shortly after President Nelson was born, General Conference was broadcast for the first time by radio. And that was on October 3rd, 1924. Wow. Oh. So then uh, so then obviously we went through, uh, used to be in the Tabernacle. Now it's over in the 21,000-seat uh, conference center. And then starting in April and again here in October, uh, it will not be in the conference center. Yeah. Uh, when April Conference was held, there were um, limits that – that only ten people could be in a in a room at the same time. So, so conference moved from that twenty one thousand seat huge auditorium uh, to a small uh, room somewhere on church headquarters and was broadcast from there. Mm, amazing, lots of changes, and uh, that's that's created kind of an interesting thing that uh, I think is is sort of the to me it's kind of the epitome of conference in terms of that global scale. Uh, that that idea of gathering uh, is a big thing. 
you have some interesting perspective in terms of how that feels. As, as you've traveled the world, uh, you kind of get a sense of what the members feel as they participate in general conference. Yes. So for members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, conference is a, is a huge connection thing. Mm. They feel connected to others across the globe. They're listening to the same thing that someone is listening to in Russia or Mongolia or Brazil. And everyone's getting it at the same time in their own language. Uh, the thing that is so interesting for, to me about all of that is that in addition to being global, conference is also individual for members. You know, when you talk to, to members of the church, they, they often report, that talk was just for me. Yeah. It's because, <laughs> you know, leaders tell them, uh, you listen to my message and then take from it what will help you in your life. And so, so it's it's this thing that makes it both global and personal. Yeah, I, I love that. Uh, one of my favorite quotes uh, from Brene Brown says that collective human connection through gathering is the fabric that binds individuals to each other, to their communities, and to important institutions. And I, I think that's what ha- has happened at conference. Uh, and now uh, I'm with you. I I love this idea that there's to me there's an even greater connection. Uh, with everyone around the world. I mean, there's nothing like being in the conference center with 21,000 people. That's uh, Being in person is always going to be better. I think we, everyone agrees with that. But I do think there is a different sense of connectedness in that everyone, everyone is receiving it exactly the same way. Yeah, so you have conference that goes to 16.5 million members in 132 countries. Uh, it is published in 188 different languages. Wow. And so, so this, so it's it's a single message, but it's reaching uh, people of of different cultures, um, in different nations, who speak different languages, and then and then they all connect with this common thread. Yeah, I love that. Uh, well, since you have had fifty, almost fifty one now, consecutive general conferences, you you have to have a favorite moment in there somewhere. There, there have been many things that have happened in the in the past twenty five years that I've been covering the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. You know, it was it was wonderful to to hear uh, President Thomas S. Monson um, change the missionary age and the gasp that came from that. Uh, I was there when when uh, President Hinckley spoke about the concept of smaller temples. Uh, but for me, my favorite moment of conference came in in a much more subtle way. It was when uh, Elder Joseph B. Worthlin was giving his final conference address in 2007. And uh, somehow during that conference address, he locked his knee and you could see that he started to shake and he was getting unstable. His his son later said the family started to wonder if they needed to get out of their seats and go up. And um, then Elder Russell M. Nelson uh, stood up and he put one arm on his shoulder and he put another hand in his belt loop and he stabilized him. And he he did it with a quiet humility. He didn't he didn't say anything. He just allowed him to continue his talk. And um the most profound take home for me about that is that Elder Worthlin was talking about love. Yeah. And then you just had this very sweet, tender moment of compassion from one leader of the church to another. Yeah. So good. And uh, so many amazing stories. And uh, we'll watch all of that coverage. Uh, we'll have coverage here on KSL News Radio throughout the General Conference weekend. And in between sessions of conference, we'll have specials, uh, including one we'll do Sunday in between sessions uh, on. 
where you cannot go send ministering during a pandemic. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. And uh, But so many stories to be told and so many things that happen behind the scenes. And I wanted to ask you just a little bit about that, uh, Sarah, as you've watched, again, these different uh, formats evolve and venues change. Uh, what, has, what has stood out to you in terms of how conference is covered and who's actually covering it and paying attention to it? Well, a lot of people inside and outside the church are paying attention to what uh, leaders of this increasingly global ministry um, are saying. And uh, if you are a member of the church's Quorum of the Twelve or First Presidency, you get to send a message to the world twice a year. It's it's a message that you shape, that you know, and that you intend will e- reach every member of the faith. Mm. Um, and you also hope that other people will take note of it. Yeah. Um, other people, members of the 70, uh, some of the women leaders, they may get to send one of those messages once or maybe twice in their entire ministry. Mm. And so so this is a rare opportunity when you look at it in, in the numbers. Yeah. Uh, and again, so many different highlights and uh, things that people remember. Uh, I think a lot of people remember when President Monson was in the priesthood meeting and actually wiggled his ears uh, for the, you know, for the young men uh, that were there. Uh, any other uh, lighter moments from conference that stand out to you? Well, you know, there are all kinds of personal moments where people feel connected. Uh, one of my favorite connection stories is is Robert D. Hales who connected with a young boy who sent him a picture and said, hey, we have the same tie. And Elder Hales then, from from the time that that young man sent that picture, he wore that tie every conference so that he could send a signal, hey, we're tie buddies. Hey, we we have something in common. And um, after he passed away, he he asked Elder Neil L. Anderson to see that that young man received the tie. Oh, love that. Those are uh, those are the things. And again, going back to where we started, Sarah, uh, it is a it is a global broadcast. It is a worldwide general conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints, and yet it is very individual uh, in terms of how that rolls out. Sarah Jane Weaver, editor of the Church News, thanks for joining us today on Inside Sources. And uh, I think we should get a banner for you that you have not missed a single conference in 25 years. That's historic. (laughs) Thanks. I'm happy to be here and looking forward to 51. All right. Very good. We're going to go ahead and step aside. Quick commercial break. When we come back, I'm going to give you the secret sauce to America that I was reminded of by our own Jeff Kaplan. His minute of news. Stay tuned next. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do when a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything it was violent it was senseless and i will never understand it i will never accept it i'm amy donaldson and unfortunately we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives but what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt in a new podcast the letter we relive tragedy but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 